Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we have one of my all-time favorite podcast episodes. We have a community birth story. I love hearing from the community and hearing their birth stories. So we have Arlen Villanueva sharing her birth story. Now, what makes this really special, besides the fact that Arlen did our teacher training, so I got to know her in that way, and then I got to know her throughout her time taking prenatal yoga classes, is she had a hospital birth. Now, many times we think about hospital births, and we think if you want it to be an empowered experience and a family-centered, focused centered on the birthing person that you have to come in super defensive and hold that space and have your walls up and be ready to fight. But what Arlen shares is that that is absolutely not the case. She chose from the very beginning of her pregnancy to share with her care provider her ideas and to make sure it was a good fit. And what happened was her care provider was 100% receptive to hearing her birth wishes, taking notes on that, putting it in her chart so that when Arlen arrived at the hospital, everyone was on the same page. And as you listen to this conversation, Arlen just continues to talk about what an amazing, empowering experience it was. And I love that we can see hospital births can have amazing, empowering births. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. Before we get to that, let me just tell you a little bit about Arlen. So she is a first-time mom to Bodhi. Don't you love that name? <laughs> she works full-time as an attorney recruiter for a global law firm in New York and lives in Brooklyn with her husband, her son, and her dog. And she's been an avid yoga practitioner since 2016 and completed over 300 hours of yoga teacher training, including the prenatal yoga center teacher training. So I'm really excited for you to hear that conversation. Let me just give you some updates of what's happening at the studio before we dive into Arlen's birth story. So we're going to continue to thread some more in-person classes back at the studio. Now, even though we're adding more in-person classes, I am not wavering from offering seven days a week online classes as well. So some of the studio classes will be hybrid and some will be just online and some will be just in person. So you have a little variety for whatever you need to support your practice. We are also having our online teacher training and in-person teacher training. So if this is something you're interested in, diving very deep into the prenatal world, you can either study in person in New York City, it's a two-weekend intensive, or online. So check that out. Then also, and you can, of course, sorry, you should check that out at prenatalyogacenter.com. Now, if you're heading over to our website, please take a moment and download a free gift I have for you. It is called Five Simple 
solutions to the most common pregnancy pains. Because being pregnant, you may have your back hurt or your hips hurt or your upper chest area hurt and not feel so great. So I've got some exercises that you can do on the spot to feel better. Then the last thing I want to say is I'm recording this in August. And this month, because I don't actually remember the day that we started the studio, marks our 20-year birthday. I can't believe it. 20 years. Wow, that's bonkers. And I wanted to just say thank you. Thank you for being a listener and supporting the studio through listening to the podcast. Many of you that listen to the podcast come to classes or have come in the past or come to workshops or do the teacher training or in whatever manner. Maybe you're just learning about us and getting into the community. No matter what, I want to thank you for showing up for us now, maybe in the future or sometime in the past. Thank you for helping us reach this huge landmark of 20 years. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Arlen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Arlen. How are you? Hi, Deb. I'm doing well. Super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I am so excited. So I always like to be fully transparent with the listeners. So I had the privilege of getting to know Arlen during the teacher training, which I can't even remember when that was. When did you do the training? That was in 2018. Oh my gosh. It was that long ago? Wow. (laughs) Over four years ago. Wow. And then I love that you popped up in class. So it feels extra special when I get to work with someone on their path as a teacher and then on their path as a parent. So I'm just really excited to hear your story because I watched you through a lot of your, through a lot of your pregnancy. Yes, you sure did. And, um, you know, as soon as I got pregnant, I couldn't wait to jump into one of your classes. So it was definitely full circle. Yeah, it was really special. So let's just jump in. I know a little bit about you, but I would love for you to share a bit about yourself for our listeners. Sure. Um, So I live in Brooklyn, New York, with my husband, my dog, and my nine-month-old son. I work for a large law firm in New York where I oversee the partner recruiting um, for the New York office. And I am also a yoga teacher. I did my teacher training, my 200 hour, about five years ago uh, in vinyasa. And I taught vinyasa. I'm kind of on a hiatus now that I'm working full-time and mothering a young son. And I also did, as you mentioned, your prenatal yoga teacher training in 2018. Um, So I kind of moonlighted as a a yoga teacher for several years as well. That must have been fun. But yeah, being working full-time and being a parent probably does not leave a lot of time for the yoga teaching. Not right now, but I hope to, you know, revisit it at some point. (laughs) So let's dive into your pregnancy. So give me a sense of 
your pregnancy. How was it? What I was just kind of thinking about you studied prenatal yoga. So was it what you expected from the lens of having studied it? What was the reality like? Did it come close to what you perceived it to be? Sure. So I was actually really sick my entire first trimester and even uh, maybe about a week into my second trimester, I had what I call all day sickness. It definitely wasn't just morning sickness. Um, I had very severe nausea and um, vomiting. So I was prescribed by my OB a medication called Diclegis. Um, and I actually wasn't taking it properly in the beginning. Um, I tried every homeopathic remedy prior to using this prescription, which nothing worked, but, um, I was just kind of as crappy as I felt, I was dragging my feet about taking, um, a medication. But once I finally started using it correctly, I felt much better. And by the beginning of my second trimester, uh, I started moving my body again. And that's when I started dropping into your classes online. And um, I think I really hit my sweet spot in my mid second trimester. It was the early summer and I was practicing yoga a lot. I was doing Pilates. I was walking. Um, so after I got my sickness under control, I had a really lovely pregnancy and I felt pretty great. Um, like I said, lots of movement, walking, swimming. I felt my absolute best during my second trimester. And I honestly don't even have any complaints about my third trimester <laughs> uh, because I was just doing so much yoga and I was so active. Um, I really think I learned <laughs> from spending so much time studying prenatal yoga and pregnancy and that you can't really have expectations for what your pregnancy is going to be like. I think I also knew a lot of what could happen with your physical body, at least. Um, so I really tried not to have expectations of what I was going to feel like. And I certainly felt awful for a good portion of my pregnancy, but I also feel, felt great for part of it, a, a big part of it as well. How was it emotionally for you during that time where you felt awful being such a big mover in your life? It was challenging, but I think I felt sick pretty much as soon as I found out I was pregnant and I found out I was pregnant pretty, pretty early on. And I think it was really my first lesson in becoming a parent and being pregnant about surrender. And I just had to be okay with laying on the couch all day, every day for 18 weeks. And I couldn't even do more than a child's pose, which was difficult at first for someone who would move their body four, five, six days a week. But I just knew that's what I needed at the time. And I had to honor that. And 
I was fortunate enough that I was working from home the, my entire pregnancy and I would literally work from my laptop lying down in my bed <laughs> or lying down on my couch. That's, that's how ill I was. Um, but it was really, and I, I told myself each day when I felt so sick and when I couldn't move off the couch to go anywhere other than the toilet was that if I can get through this, you know, giving birth is going to be fine. <laughs> I can do this. And what if you feel like the surrender mantra or concept has helped you as a parent? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's all just lessons, little lessons sprinkled throughout your pregnancy and your birth for what's to come as a parent. Yeah, I guess the reason that I my ears perked up when you said that is literally this morning's yoga class. We have a student, Anna, who's in class, and she's almost 39 weeks pregnant. Today is like a 90-degree day. So we had a conversation about surrender. She, I asked, you know, you know, I do circle time and I ask, you know, how's everyone doing? And she said, she's working with the mantra surrender. So that became our theme. And it's just so serendipitous that you said that because it is something I think that can start literally from the beginning of pregnancy and remind us to surrender to maybe things we thought we should do or whatever we come up against. And it's a huge theme for many of us in labor and in parenthood. So I just got a little excited that you mentioned that. So thank you. So let's jump to how did you prepare for your birth? I tried to prepare in every way possible. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm a huge, I am most at peace when I'm moving my body. I've always been that way. Since I was a child, I played every team sport you could think of as a kid and throughout high school, and I always enjoyed some form of exercise in college, and then my adult years, I ran for a while, and then I found yoga, um, which I've been practicing daily for six-plus years, so really incorporating mindful movement into my daily life was the biggest thing. And I dropped into your classes as much as I could. I actually started doing Pilates for the first time while I was pregnant. I did some prenatal Pilates, which I loved. We have a dog. So I walked my dog all over Brooklyn. And as I mentioned, I was pregnant during the summer. So I swam a lot, which was just so amazing. I, I loved that so much. And my son now loves swimming too, which I attribute to um, all of my time in the water while I was pregnant. So movement was definitely um, a huge thing that I think helped prepare me for my birth. And specifically with the Pilates and the yoga, it was geared towards preparing for labor. Um, I also read a lot of books. Uh, some of my favorites, some authors have been on your podcast steps. So thank you, because I learned <laughs> a lot about some of these books through you. I love Nurture by Erica Chidi. Mama Natural was one of my favorites as well. And the first 40 days, I believe you had the author of that book mm -hmm. on as well. I read both of her books 
and I read a hip number theme book. Uh, it's the the one by Marie Mongan, who I believe is the quote unquote creator of hypnobirthing. Mm-hmm. And I did a little bit of hypnobirthing. And admittedly, I wasn't uh, religious about practicing it, but I did receive a lot of the downloads of the tracks from my doula. So I would, if I had time, I would sit up and do those after my yoga practice. But a lot of times I actually did those in bed before I went to sleep. Mm. Um, So I really enjoyed those visualizations and kind of used them in my birth. Um, But I practiced those with some regular frequency and what else did I do? I would say those were the big things, reading a lot, moving my body. Uh, I took a childbirth education class with my husband, and that was actually the second one that I took. I took one with Terry while I was doing my prenatal yoga teacher training, which I absolutely loved. She was amazing. She's pretty and special. I, she's so special. And I tried to take one with her while I was pregnant, but I'm not sure she was still teaching them. Right. Yeah. She took a break from teaching those. Okay. That's what I thought. Cause I, I wanted to take one with my husband, of course. Um, but I did take one with someone at Boober who I, I think you guys team up with yes. at PYC and that was wonderful. And we also hired a doula. So we worked with our doula prior to my birth as well. So you had a ton of information from reading and, you know, our our training is quite intense. You got a lot from there and from your doula. So I, and I know, you know, your body well. So having that information, how did you work with your care provider? What was that relationship like? What was that communication like with your care provider throughout your pregnancy and as well as in terms of honoring some of your birth requests and desires? Sure. So I went in fast and furious into my first um, prenatal appointment. And at the end, you know, it's a fairly long appointment and you sit down with the doctor and she gives you a handout and goes over pretty basic things about early pregnancy, you know, don't drink any alcohol, wear seatbelts, don't eat any raw fish, you know, things along those lines. And then at the end, she asks if I have any questions and I just go right in. I'm like, well, you know, I want to have an unmedicated birth. Uh, Can I have a Heplox so that I can move around freely? And I just dive right in asking about all of these birth preference questions because I was just so excited. And, you know, I had so much information about options for birthing and I was just dead focused on that. And she just kind of, you know, it's like, listen, we are all about Unmedi- you know, I said I wanted an unmedicated birth, and she's like, we're all about unmedicated vaginal births here. Like, these are great questions. Like, we'll get to these sometime in the third trimester. But I kind of put it out there from the beginning that this is what I want, and I want to be clear about my preferences. And, you know, she didn't – she answered some of the questions, but also kind of wanted to give me realistic expectations of 
you know, we can focus on this more towards the third trimester, but I hear you. So I came in, I don't want to say guns blazing, but I came in, you know, just very vocal and informed of what I wanted. And I think that set up our relationship for success. I really felt comfortable asking her any and all questions. And she was always pretty receptive to them. I think she was a little taken aback at first (laughs) that I had this long list um, at day one. But uh, as I got further into my pregnancy, and once I did make it to my third trimester, I revisited all those questions I had day one. And she was totally open and receptive. And she took copious notes and it was all in my chart uh, when I did give birth. Uh, she actually happened to uh, deliver my son, which was amazing considering that we were in a practice of eight other OBs and she just happened to be um, delivering that day. But I definitely, from the beginning, kind of shared my preferences and and let her know you know, this is what I'm hoping for. And these are, you know, things that are important to me. And what I think is really important there, if you don't mind me pausing and highlighting, is that she was receptive to it. Now, you know, she did say, we'll talk about the third trimester, we'll get there. But she was receptive and honoring your desire. Like, yes, I hear you on unmedicated birth. We can do that. A red flag, I think, for those listening would be those care providers that are not receptive to it and be like, oh, we don't need to worry about that. Now, of course, of course, we'll do whatever you want. Like, because yes, the deeper conversation can happen in the third trimester. But if you went in and said, I really want an unmedicated birth, I'd like, you know, <laughs> I love that you're like, I'm going to have the hat block. The fact <laughs> that she listened to that says that she really is into that because some care providers would brush that off. And that could be a sign that, are they really listening to you as an active participant in your birth? Or are they like, great, now she has all this knowledge and I have to deal with that? Because that can happen sometimes too. So I think it's great that she was like, you got it. We're gonna. She, she took notes. I love that she took notes. She did. And I, I, like I said, I just never felt uncomfortable asking her questions. And I just always felt seen and, and heard by her. That's fantastic. All right. I want to hear your birth story. So we're going to take a super quick break and we come back. I'm just going to open the floor to you to share how the whole experience unfolded. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, we're back. 
Arlen, the microphone is yours. Tell me your story. Okay. Well, I, I will just press, preface this by saying I had a feeling that my son was not going to come on his estimated due date. I think I learned through a lot of prenatal yoga teacher training and reading that I think what is it that that due dates are two percent of babies are born on their two due dates is that the statistic I think it's something like that yeah yeah so I just mentally prepared myself that he wasn't going to come on his duty so you know of course here we are on his duty and um baby was was not ready to come out and uh we're the practice where I was being seen, they allow you to go 41 weeks and three days. And, you know, at the very end of your pregnancy, you're seeing your care provider typically every week. And each week, my care provider would ask, you know, do you want me to um, see if you're dilated? And I said, no, thank you. You know, I continued. I, I always I never wanted you know, any false hope, or I knew that it didn't really mean anything. You could be walking around dilated for a month and your baby's not going to come out. I don't know if exactly a month, but, you know, I knew that I, it didn't, it was kind of arbitrary. So finally, when I was 41 weeks, she said, okay, can I, you, do you want me to check if you're dilated and do you want to do a membrane sweep? Um, and we had talked about that leading up to it. And I had to, schedule an induction because they wouldn't let you go past 41 weeks, three days. So I scheduled my induction for the latest time possible, 10 p.m. on 41 weeks, three days, hoping that I wouldn't have to be induced. So at exactly 41 weeks, I went in to see my doctor and she checked to see if I was dilated. And I was, I believe, two inches dilated. And then I said, let's go ahead and do the um, membrane sweep. So she did the membrane sweep, and um, that was sometime in, like, the early afternoon of my 41-week mark. And I just went about my day. I was working that day from home, and I was starting to feel kind of like – some menstrual, what you'd feel like having menstrual cramps, and I had some light bleeding. And then that night, I just went to sleep, and around 2 a.m., I woke up to use the bathroom, and I realized that I was having some more abdominal discomfort that was more severe than what would feel like menstrual cramps, and I had a little bit more bleeding, And then I think I woke up periodically throughout the night and I was like, okay, I think this is it. I think this is labor. And each night since maybe 38 weeks, I would go to sleep thinking, well, maybe tonight's going to be the night. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be in labor. I didn't, I certainly did not feel any other, you know, the, the um, early labor symptoms. I wasn't feeling anything, but I would go to sleep thinking like, well, maybe tonight's going to be the night. And then I was like, okay, this is the night it's happening. And I got back into my bed and I gently woke up my husband and I was like, okay, like, 
you know, don't worry, but I think I'm in labor. (laughs) (laughs) And so I kind of was just in and out of sleep, getting up and using the bathroom and, um, the, the surges started to come and they started to come on stronger. And by the time that it was maybe 6 a.m., um, or I, I had contacted my doula in the middle of the night, probably 2, 3 a.m. And then by the early morning, I was in some severe pain and discomfort. And of course, par for the course for my, my pregnancy, I had a very upset stomach. I was vomiting and it was not pretty. Um, and I was just in a lot of discomfort and I spent the whole morning, um, in my bathroom on the floor, timing my contractions. And I was like, this is it. And it was, it was, that morning was a bit of a blur. I tried to get on the couch and, I don't know why I was trying to read. (laughs) Um, We watched a little bit of TV, my husband and I, um, and I tried to drink water, but I couldn't keep the water down. So my husband ran out to the store and he got some vitamin waters for me because that was the only thing I could drink while I was really sick um, at the beginning of my pregnancy. But even that, I just could barely drink. And so after several hours of laboring on the floor through my contractions, I got into the shower and I probably spent about an hour in the shower and I was on my hands and knees a lot. And I just, I could not sit or slay or stay still. I was just constantly moving around the shower, getting out of the shower, wrapping myself in a towel, towel, getting on all fours um, lots of vocalizations, lots of moaning, um, that really helped me get through. I live in a small apartment in the city, so I'm sure all of my neighbors heard (laughs) my deep, loud moans, uh, but I wasn't really thinking about that at the time. And then, um, I, my husband was keeping track of the contractions for me and sending screenshots of, we used an app and sending screenshots of the timing to my doula. And then she determined that it was time to come over around two o'clock. So I I think I had been in labor for about 12 or so hours and she came over to our apartment. And at that point I had gotten out of the shower and I was just wrapped in a towel on my bed And she, I was, my moans were kind of turning into cries at that point. And, um, she saw me for maybe about 15 minutes and she was like, okay, she, my husband's name is Jeffrey. She turned to Jeffrey and she's like, is, are the hospital bags packed? I think it's time we start to go. (laughs) Um, and then I was like, oh my goodness, already, like, my plan had been to labor at home as long as possible. I was like, wow, I was like, is this it? Is it happening? <laughs> um, it all just was such a blur. And so the bags were packed. We had done that over a week ago. And my husband called a lift and I slowly made my way. We live on a walk up. I slowly made my way down to the bottom floor, which took we live on the second floor. It took probably five minutes to get down 
one flight of stairs. And then we come outside and the Lyft driver's there. And then he sees that I'm in labor (laughs) and (laughs) his eyes just widen. (laughs) And it was too late to cancel the ride. He had already pulled up and was helping my husband with the bags. But if he could have, I think he would have canceled our ride. (laughs) But my doula joked with me after the fact, like, I wish I had taken a picture of his face because if you, if we could, I was just kind of, I couldn't laugh, but I wanted to laugh so badly when I saw his face. And even through like all the pain and discomfort that I was in, I caught a a glimpse of his face too. And I was like, (laughs) sorry, I'm sorry. I gotta go. (laughs) But um, we managed to, we made it into our lift and uh, we were taking the Midtown Tunnel into Manhattan and we were getting into the tunnel and we went over a pothole oh. and I'm sitting, yeah, you might know where this is going and I'm sitting in the back seat and we go over the pothole and I just feel a gush. In <laughs> I could say, I'm like, oh, your water broke, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just... <laughs> All of it, my heart just sank and I was like, oh my goodness, it's going to be all over his car. And I was just more worried, like, I was just worried about that for some reason. And we had, we had a pillow with us <laughs> for my husband um, while we were staying over. And I just grabbed the pillow and I put it in between my legs. And I was like, I just don't want like it, this to get all over his car. And I, I, I was actually wearing um, like Thinks underwear, like the period underwear and that actually um that like saved the the car seat it didn't even get on the pillow because I yeah so definitely recommend those (laughs) um and it's funny because like I had like this cute dress and like sandals and like my outfit for what I was going to wear to the hospital all laid out thinking that I would be like in a state where I could change and like make myself look presentable, but I was literally wearing the clothes that I was sleeping in the night before because I was just like between the shower and my floor. Like I was just wearing literally pajamas and I didn't care, (laughs) but it's just funny. Like what you think you're going to be looking like walking into a hospital. And then we pull up to the hospital and my husband's profusely thanking the driver. And at that point, I just, I I can't even fathom walking through the doors. So my husband calls for a transporter to get a wheelchair for us. And then we're wheeled through the hospital quickly. And my head is just hanging and I am just breathing and trying not to make any loud noises or scream. And my poor husband has like all of our bags and he drops a pillow in the middle of the lobby and someone's like, sir, you dropped your pillow. And we always laugh about that moment, like about the pillow dropping. And then we make it up to um, whatever floor labor and delivery is on. And he had called and they were expecting us. And uh, we quickly are moved into triage and they check if my water broke. Of course it broke. And I am just so uncomfortable. I'm, the surges are coming on strong and fast and they hook me up to monitors and I just cannot stay still. And I keep moving from hands and knees on the bed, standing, and they 
I can't say we're super excited about me <laughs> continually moving with these monitors because they kept, you know, missing um, the heartbeats or whatnot. And, um, you know, I am, I'm just vocalizing. That's a lot of what I was doing was making a lot of noise, a lot of moaning. Um, and eventually my OB who had been taking care of me throughout my pregnancy, she happened to be on duty that, that day. And she came by to see me and I was just so relieved to see her. And, um, they asked me within maybe going back a minute within like five minutes of me getting there. Do you have any ideas about what you want to do about pain, pain management? And I said, you know, I'm not sure yet. And luckily that was the end of that conversation. And I was kind of, you know, I, like I said, I made it very clear from day one that I wanted an unmedicated birth. And that was the last of what I had heard about um, pain management. And so, oh, and then they checked me uh, to see how far dilated I was. And the, it, it wasn't a doctor. I think it was a nurse practitioner um, checked me and she said, you're four inches dilated. And my heart sank because my contractions were about a minute long. I think they were about four minutes apart, maybe even less. Uh, and that was before we left my apartment. So that was around two o'clock. I think now it's around three thirty, maybe four o'clock in the afternoon. And I was thinking since my, my surges were coming on so strong and so frequently, I was like, I've got to be like six, seven, eight centimeters dilated. And then when I heard I was four, I just looked at my doula and I just felt so defeated. And she looked right back at me and she said, a lot can happen between four and 10. And I just felt this huge sigh of relief. And I was like, that's so true. I didn't think of that. Like, think how much has happened even between like two and four. So so much is going to happen between four and 10. And then they say, okay, we've got a room ready for you. Shortly after they checked how dilated I was. And I moved from triage to my room and I asked her wheelchair to move down the hall and the nurse, I had a new nurse cause I guess they were shifts, switching shifts. And she said, you know, I think it's better if you walk, um, it's going to be better for you and for the baby. And, you know, it's better to keep moving. So I slowly, slowly made my way down the hall and it was, it felt unbearable and it was the hardest walk that I've ever done my whole life. Um, but we made it and I was at the very last room in the hallway too. <laughs> so it felt like a marathon to walk there. Um, and then I made it into my room and they, I, they had disconnected me obviously from the monitors and I, I had said in my birth birth preferences that I wanted intermittent monitoring and I don't even think I communicated this to my nurse. I guess she just checked my chart, but I, I was never hooked up to another monitor. And um, what I did have when I got into triage, I have a heart murmur. So I needed to have antibiotics 
uh, 30 minutes before my delivery, whether it was going to be vaginal or cesarean. So I had a hep block put in a triage. Um, and then once I made it to my room, no more monitoring. I got in the bed for maybe 30 seconds and I, I could not, I was so uncomfortable in this narrow bed. Um, I quickly moved to, to a birth ball and the nurse actually suggested, she was like, well, do you want to try the shower? And, you know, even though I couldn't stay in one place, moving from the bed or the ball to the shower seemed like such a far distance. And I was a little bit resistant at first. And even the thought of like taking off the gown and walking to the shower felt like a lot, but I was like, okay, you know what, let me try it. And then we got into the shower and I just stayed there for the next two hours. And my husband was there with me and my doula was in the bathroom with us. And I just kind of moved from sitting, there was a chair in the shower, sitting on the chair, leaning against the chair, leaning against my husband, just those three positions. I just moved from those three for about two hours. And that two hours was the fastest two hours of my life. And the power of hydrotherapy is just on, I, I don't even have the words and I'm not, it was intense and it was hard and there was moaning, but I, it also went by so quickly. Once I got into the shower, it was kind of all a blur and I had, I had just no sense of time. Like it could have been 20 minutes that I was in there. It could have been two hours and, you know, the nurse would come in every so often with the Doppler and check the baby's heart rate while I was having a surge and when I wasn't and bless her heart because she got soaked coming. <laughs> she basically was in the shower with me, um, you know, checking the the heart rate. And I just, I was there the majority of my labor um, and then finally, after about two hours, I felt the urge to push and I actually started pushing <laughs> in the shower. And I told my doula, I was like, is it okay if I'm pushing? And she was like, okay, well, you know, let's not push. We have to call the doctor in to make sure that you're fully dilated because your cervix can uh, swell if you're pushing and you're not fully dilated. So um, my doctor came in and then she checked my checked me and lo and behold, I was 10 centimeters dilated and it was time to push. And I absolutely had the urge and I went back into the bathroom and I leaned over the toilet and I started pushing and the nurse was like, wait a minute. No, come back. <laughs> she was like, come back to the bed. We don't want you to have the baby in the toilet. And I was like, I just, I, I have the urge. Like I can't not push. It's the baby is coming. And so, um, you know, when I, another one of my preferences was I wanted no, the lights dim. I, so we somehow, and again, this is all blur. I don't know if it was my husband or my doula, but 
when I'm transferred from the shower to the bed, the lights were off. I brought these little electronic or battery operated candles. The candles were lit and I had a little affirmation or mantra board. Uh, and it had one of your mantras, Deb. It, it said, I can, I, I will, I'm, I, now I'm not remembering it. I can, I am, I'm yeah, brave, I'm, I'm, I'm strong. strong. Yes. So oh my I, God, I, I love that you have that. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of it. Um, it said that, and it also had a picture of this lake that I swam in while I was pregnant upstate. That's like my happy place. And it had a picture of my dog on it too. And that was at the foot of the, the bed. Um, and the music, we had music going, the lights were dim. Um, and at one point I, I guess a nurse or someone came into the room and turned on the lights and the doctor and the other nurses were like, no, turn off the lights. <laughs> We've got a mood going on here. Um, but anyway, um, I got into the bed, I was fully dilated and I had talked about pushing positions with my doctor beforehand. And I asked about, all fours and squatting and basically what we our compromise was I could push on my side. Um, so I pushed on and she remembered and I pushed on my side and I, I pushed for about 45 minutes and you know, the mood it was so light. It was just, as soon as I got out of the shower and I saw my doctor who had been caring for me for the past 41 and a half weeks, I just had, this huge sigh of relief and the the lights were off the music was going my board was there my doula was next to me my husband was next to me and one of the nurses who the nurse who was taking care of me um the whole time she her shift had actually ended and she's like okay Arlen like I have to leave now, but like, I'm putting you in this nurse's hands. You're going to be in great care. And I said, wait, you're going to leave now. Like I'm almost there. Like, don't leave. And she was like, okay, I'll stay. <laughs> and she stayed. And so I had her and an, another nurse next to me and I pushed and it was hard and it was the craziest sensations I had ever felt. And I was let out every four letter word <laughs> that I have in my vocabulary <laughs> and 45 or 48 minutes later, my son was born and it was that we were laughing. We, we weren't laughing, but there was just like a lightness to the whole situation. And, you know, we had the intermittent Doppler on and, and one of the nurses made a comment like, this is the chillest baby that I've ever seen. Like, his heart rate has just been, you know, even this whole time. And I just felt so supported and I, it was just like every rush of emotion. And then he was born and I also requested delayed cord clamping and the cord was pulsing. The cord was on, was connected until it stopped pulsing. And it was just the most beautiful, empowering, inspiring experience of my life. And I feel like I just skipped over so much. <laughs> no, it was, oh my gosh, you had me every syllable I was listening. And as I was listening, I just kept, I was just so, I was beaming for so many reasons. One, I'm just so proud of you for 
for everything you went through and, and your perseverance. And so many people get nervous about hospital birth that they can't have an empowered birth there, but your story highlighted that you can, you don't have to abandon a hospital to have an empowered birth. You had a team that believed in you and showed up and supported you and honored your preferences. And like you said, you were supported. I just, it's, it's, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for you. And for the listeners to hear that, you know, you don't have to give birth at home to have an empowered birth. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And I feel I was always interested in birth and pregnancy and I love babies. And when I did your teacher training, Deb, I, I was just, I I couldn't wait to have a baby after it (laughs) because I was just, I, I, the amount of information that I learned from you, I just, it all stuck with me and it was all so incredible that I, that had a huge amount to do. I feel with, you know, the get having the, this amazing birth that was everything I wanted and more because I was, I was, I had this amazing education and I went in there asking the questions and also knowing what I wanted and not being afraid to speak up about it. I always knew that I wanted a hospital birth for many reasons, um, but I wanted to make sure that I had certain elements of of what you know many pregnant people want in a home birth incorporated into my hospital birth, and I feel like I had that perfect balance. I love that you went back into the bathroom. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm fully dilated. Back to the bathroom, I go. <laughs> Because that is my safe space. I I absolutely love that. (laughs) I did. I was also smiling when you were talking about being in the shower. It is, uh, just sharing a little from my second birth, I spent a good time of it in the shower. It, like you said, the hydrotherapy. And I also think there's something about the seclusion of it that, that helped my brain. I don't know if that was at all in your awareness of how you could really kind of draw yourself into that small space. It wasn't, but now that you mention it, that, that does kind of make sense. And I was just, yeah, I was, I was very vocal. I, I keep saying that, like I was making a lot of noise and my, my nurse actually was reminding me, you know, find that low voice. Like, cause a lot of times when the surge was extra difficult and extra opening, I would go up high. And I also thought, of one of your mantras of open throat, open vagina. <laughs> and I would just go down low and we, we practiced that in class too. Yeah. Yeah. And that was so helpful. I'm going to teach that tomorrow for that. That's the theme for tomorrow's class. It'll be dedicated to you. <laughs> Thank you. It is such a good one. <laughs> well, we're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to hear about the postpartum journey. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
So how has postpartum been? Your birth was amazing. How has this journey out? It's like it was this labyrinth. We go into the birth and then we have to come out from the birth into the postpartum world. What's that been like? It's, it's been a wild ride and, but it's, it's, it's been amazing. I definitely did a lot of preparation for the postpartum time. Uh, the first thing that I did was a lot of cooking with my husband, which was actually really nice because it was kind of, we, we started probably a week, but week or two before my due date. And we just made a ton of soups. And after I finished working, we would just get in the kitchen together and he did most of the heavy lifting. I'll admit I just did <laughs> more of like the prepping, um, but we we would I, we have this really funny video of me just standing at the oven with like my huge belly, probably like a week or two before my son was born, um, stirring a, pot, a big pot of soup. But we made a lot, a lot of soups and we just stocked our freezer with soups. And my mom made a big batch of vegetarian chili and she brought, brought over some pre-made soups for us, too. So we made sure that our fridge was stocked with foods that were easy to thaw out and warming and nourishing for us to eat once the baby had arrived. Um, so that was definitely a big, big thing that was lovely to have. Um, cause no one really feels like cooking when there's a new baby in the, in your home. And then another thing that I did that I loved was I did Ben Kung belly, belly wrap, mm-hmm. belly wrapping. Um, my dear friend did this as well. And one of her gifts to me while I was pregnant was this wrap. And um, my doula had come over and she showed us how to use it. And my husband watched several YouTube videos of wrapping it too. And he became a master at wrapping <laughs> me. <laughs> and they're pretty too. They're beautiful and you can get them in just, you can choose whatever color you want. They come in tie dye now too. Um, and it's funny, my friend before I was, while I was pregnant, she sent me like a list of all of the names and she's like, what name of uh, uh, names of the colors of the wraps that come in? She's like, what name like speaks to you? And there was like a sage something that I thought was sounded nice. And, um, so she gave me like this beautiful, like sage green wrap. And I used that. I probably started like a week after, um, my son was born and I use that for maybe two or three months every single day. And it just feels so supportive uh, there's still a lot of relaxing in your body uh, immediately after you give birth. So it's kind of working that, with that relaxing to help move the muscles and your internal organs kind of back toward to, um, you know, where they might have been pre-pregnancy. And I was also breastfeeding. So it was so nice. You know, you can so easily like be rounding your entire spine when you're right after giving birth and you're um, nursing all day and all night. So it felt just so good to wear that during the day as I sat nursing my son. Um, so I just, I loved that. And that was just my uniform for the first three ish months of postpartum was a big pair of sweatpants, some slippers, 
my belly wrap and robe. Um, so I definitely recommend, you know, that's like going to be my new gift for anyone that I know that's having a baby. Um, I use that religiously and I also use this sits bath, mm. um, for probably the first six weeks. I actually had, I believe two, maybe three first degree tears. Uh, so that really helped with the healing of the stitches and the tears. Um, and it was just kind of like, I would go into the bathroom, close the door. I brought a book with me and I would just sit on my sits bath for 20 minutes while my son was napping or my husband was holding my son. And I would just, it was very therapeutic in more ways than one. Um, and like, those were my three just warm, nourishing soups, my wrap and my sits bath. Like those are my three biggest postpartum tricks. That I think I that's excellent. I mean, talk about takeaways from this podcast episode. You, you've given so much, but <laughs> that is such a gift. Those three, those three takeaways. What is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new and expectant parents? I know you just gave three amazing mm-hmm. supports for postpartum, but through the whole experience from, you can even go preconception through pregnancy, birth, postpartum. Is there any one thing that you want to leave people thinking about? This is so tough because I have probably, I have so many. But... You have like a book in your mind. You're like, I'm going to write a book of it. <laughs> I I think I I don't want this to sound cliche, but I think being present, uh, it's so easy through the whole process of while you're trying to conceive through your pregnancy, through the postpartum stage to be thinking ahead like, well, I can't wait until I got pregnant or once you're pregnant, like, oh, I can't wait until the baby's here or once the baby's here, I can't wait till they're sleeping through the night or I can't wait till he's not breastfeeding as much. It's so easy to find ourselves thinking about what's coming next and longing for the next stage. But if we, it's, it, it all happens so fast and just finding like little joys and of each stage of your pregnancy, conception, your, the infant stage, it just, it's, it's just so delicious, all of it. And if we can just kind of be more present rather than thinking of the next step. And even in those hard moments where the baby is not sleeping through the night or, you know, there's the troubles that may come with breastfeeding or the joys, just accepting them and like, there's also such nuggets of information. You learn so much about yourself as a human being getting through birth. Like I feel like I can do anything after giving birth Mm -hmm. and now being a parent, I've learned so much about my son just sitting and watching and being with him. And I've learned so much about my marriage with my husband being parents together. Like if we can just sit and be with whatever's going on rather than thinking about the next thing. That would just be my biggest tip is just, just trying to like take a breath and be present instead of looking towards what's next. I love that. 
And it's a good reminder for, I think, everyone at all stages of life. Oh, Arlen, I loved hearing your story. Thank you for sharing so much about yourself and being so open and vulnerable with your, with something that is so deeply intimate. Um, so I'm just so appreciative. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Deb. I have to say, I have been listening to your podcasts for the past four years since we met and I did my training with you and I have absolutely loved it. I've heard so many amazing birth stories that really empowered me, I think for my amazing birth. So it's such an honor to, to have shared it here with you. Thank you. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.